0: you ever gone back to an old movie one that you maybe loved as a child one that is a beloved classic a, a cinematic masterpiece as it were and rewatched watched and gone oh this is this is bad we can't be doing this anymore well so did we so welcome to you can't do that anymore a movie podcast where we look back at old movies that are either beloved or enjoyed and wonder if we could still make it for either problematic reasons, maybe the audiences have just changed, or you just simply couldn't get away with how the movie's even structured. As always, I am your host, Blake Schultz, and with me is Terrence Tatum.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: And today we are joined by Christian Hughes, the host and producer of the Unranked podcast. Christian, how are you doing?
2: I'm doing great. I just rewatched this. I rewatched it again this morning because <laughs> I'm really I, I'm really bad with names. And so I was like, I need to just watch this one more time and take some notes because there were so many things when I rewatched it recently that it's like, oh, I'm gonna forget these. So I wrote down some notes this time so I don't forget.
0: Oh, good. I mean, that is I think the most important thing with a movie like this. You just because almost beat for beat in this one, there is something you can't do. If there was oh, yeah. a running number that we get hit at the bottom of each one. Which brings me to what we are doing today, which is Live and Let Die, the eighth movie in the James Bond franchise, released in 1973. The first James Bond outing for Roger Moore. We had called back Sean Connery. He said he was done. We're back. We're redoing it and remaking it and bringing it fresh to a modern audience. And we are missing every single mark along the way. (laughs) (laughs) This movie changes everything you knew about James Bond. He used to fight big megalomaniacs and super spy villains. And now we're just going to go see a heroin dealer in Harlem. He's going to get involved in voodoo. He's going to get involved in...
1: Bond's fighting the Blacks.
0: Yeah, we got a New Orleans, Harlem, Blaxploitation, Bond Fest, and uh, we're gonna, if you couldn't figure out why you can't make this movie already, we are gonna get real into it. So guys, uh, Christian, what do you think of this movie?
2: I think if you are a fan of James Bond, you should watch all of them, but this needs to be in one of the movies that you watch, because if you've ever seen Austin Powers and wondered why it seems so ludicrous compared to the James Bond that you know, this will answer every single question <laughs> about why people think James Bond is a ridiculous franchise. This this basically has every kind of Bond screw up in it. Um, and also though, it's it almost works as a comedy. Like if this had intentionally been a comedy, like you could, that would be the only way you could release this today but it would have to be made by like a like a scary movie-esque team. Mm-hmm. Like that is, that is the version of this today, which is essentially in the end Austin Powers, but this is more uh, thematically, it's a little bit different than what Austin Powers did.
0: Yeah, it's funny you said that because right before we recorded, I was like, yeah, this almost borders on Austin Powers, except the Austin Powers franchise is so interesting because it takes all the things that made Bond bad, whether it's, how he handles his sex with women or how he just treats people in general. Like Austin Powers is the only movie that I can even think of where he almost hooks up with the girl and is like, no, you're too drunk. It wouldn't be right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the movie that's like serious, James Bond is constantly just like, oh, I'm going to check what I want. So like, how was how the parody more morally sound? <laughs> Yeah. yeah this is a movie that on yeah. the plane where he's just like that's all great Vanessa why don't we shed no well I understand boundaries baby and it's like <laughs> what why is this happening <laughs> uh but you're right this would need to be the like if Austin awesome powers is this movie scream this would need to be like the scary movie or even the we're the spartans as the parody gets further and further and worse somewhere around that fifth one this one exists yeah Terrence, how did you first feel about the movie when you first saw it, and how do you <laughs> feel about
1: it now? Uh, so I I did a rewatch when the pandemic first started um, to get sort of prepared for the Daniel Craig bond, and I had seen a great deal of, most I've seen all of Connery's, but Roger Moore I had sort of picked and, and, and chose which ones I watched, because I'm not that big of a fan of Roger Moore. I had not seen this until the rewatch. So I'm rewatching this, and I'm like, "What? What in the blue hell is happening <laughs> on screen right now?" Um, I, once that once that theme song ends, because it's a fantastic theme, mm. the rest of this movie is batshit crazy, uh, and it just progressively gets weirder and weirder and weirder as it goes along. Uh, I know that Roger, a lot of Roger Moore's films in that era of Bond were dependent on whatever was the popular film. Uh, uh, at the time, like Moonraker exists because Star Wars exists. Black exploitation films were massive at this point in time. So like, cool, let's do a black exploitation film. The one thing that I find that's very odd for them to choose that is that Bond is white. So so you're doing a black (laughs) exploitation film. Typically, those films are ones that while there are some stereotypes in it, the black man is the hero of that. This film, every single black person in this movie is a villain
2: like but there's the
1: but one there's yeah but the one guy yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah one guy <laughs> yeah it's insane and it just progressed like i there's so many things that i, I have an issue with there's a pit mobile and i was like okay fuck this movie like that i was like you, go <laughs> to hell.
0: and not only is it a pitmobile, mobile the guy on the phone is like where did you say you're going we need a pit mobile yep, <laughs> yep. <laughs> What, is there a tax in new orleans if you don't have a pit it's,
1: <laughs> it this movie goes from like talking about with crocodiles there's a ridiculously boat sequence there's that racist sheriff that for some reason is in this movie and then jw pepper <laughs> terrence the oh. audience
0: loved that man they were like we have to have continuity now we're gonna bring him back <laughs> we're gonna we don't need to bring back any of the other characters the listen
2: there's a scene him, there's a scene in the newest James Bond movie where I really wanted J.W. Pepper to show up
3: <laughs>
2: where there's like a pol- there's like a chase and there's a police car. The way Bond slams into all of like, it would have been so good if there was just like a side shot of someone on the street, like in a cop car being like, what in the hell? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would
0: uh, that seems like a move they would have done in. Um, the last Brosman one, that name I just forgot, Die Another no Day, time to die. It's like, yeah. yeah everyone gets every movie before it gets. Oh, a oh yeah. that like, I That's know really that, yeah. where Pepper should have been.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it would have been the last bastion for that character. We just can't, there's another guy. We can't have that man running around anymore. What a weird thing.
2: There's, um. so I actually just, I went to it a few months ago. Uh, And over, I don't know if it's still there, but the auto museum here in LA, the ugliest building in Los Angeles, has all of the James Bond, or still did, it has all the James Bond vehicles, and they have the boat from this movie, uh, as well as I think um, the red car that he was in when he was chasing with J.W. Pepper when he was first getting uh, on the chase, so both of those are actually there still so you should go
1: check that out it's very longest cool. both sequences that i've ever seen in the yeah. history of oh cinema. Yeah. <laughs> well you know those were
0: big at the time i guess like the, the, it's so weird that they just i don't like didn't trust the franchise like we kept like just throwing in trends and i this one is also based off of one of the books so the ideas were there
2: well, that's where but, a lot of the uh problems also come from is,
1: right is from the, the, the creator of these books is uh, not a very big fan of people that are not Brit, white and british
2: yeah as as most um white fantasy authors are <laughs> yeah you know look like at our like at many favorite white mm-hmm. fantasy series
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that seems to be a trend that just keeps happening <laughs> There's something weird about being able to imagine anything possible and then be like no 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 Nope, i had have this you- tree
1: talk, but these black people cannot be here. Yeah.
0: <laughs> We're just yeah, absolutely ridiculous. But like, we've even gotten with this like dirty, hairy magnum at the end that just was clearly from that movie. Like, we just, it's like the response of having Sean Connery was to just throw in anything popular that we can think of. We need to have some ideas of magic. We need to be offensive. We need Ooh. to do black exploitation, boats, alligators, animals.
1: I think that's a part of my, like, in addition to the way that the, everything's a stereotype, you can then start taking like religion and things that people believe in, like with, with voodoo and whatnot, and just make it like this afterthought or joke. And I'm like, oh, you're not taking any of this. This means something to a great deal of people. And you're just like, eh, we will have fun with it and play around with this and this make it as irrelevant as we possibly can.
2: I think, I think part of that though, this era, James Bond, when it came out, um, it's during like a really tense global environment. And so I think uh, they wanted to do a lot more fantastical, you know, there's a lot more European based enemies. It's like uh, in this, where it's, you, you know, once we move forward, it starts to go into like, you know, the Russians are bad again. And, you know, but it's like, right now it's like, you got Vietnam War, you have a lot of people that like are wanting to enjoy entertainment, don't want like it's like escapism. It's like the escapist James Bond era, which we get back into again in the Brazen era, but right. This is what this is essentially.
1: Yeah, like I feel like I mean I think they're much better films, and he gets a bad rap. But I feel like this is sort of like the prequel or precursor to whatever we get with Timothy Dalton, because those films were very oh my much God. a product of their time with the '90s and being that like they're super, really good. Th- this, they are the mu- second are oh, really good films. I, he's the most underrated
2: yeah. Bond because he only got two. Yeah, um, oh,
0: I love I love Dalton and his movies, but that's a great juxtaposition of like we figured out how to kind of twist the genre away from spy and into mm-hmm. these other more yeah, action orientated board. ones yeah. and this movie just doesn't really know how to do that because it's almost right. two separate movies happening at once like the inciting incident for james is three british agents who have died that he has to just kind of go and investigate and along the way he meets they don't call him Mr. Big, right? They were Whatever the guy's name is, and then he turns out to be the mayor. And <laughs>
1: Dr. Then... Kanaga, yeah.
0: Yeah, and it, and that's the other crazy part about this movie is like, I just sort of gave a synopsis, but even in that synopsis, it's like, what, what? is happening? <laughs> like By the end of this movie, it is just twist after twist after twist after bigger set piece.
1: I think one of the ones that really got me was the sol- solitaire, uh, young, super young in James Seymour. That whole thing is just—it's gross because the onus of her sexuality is that if she has sex, she's a virgin, and if she has sex, she will lose her powers. Mm-hmm. She has sex, but is tricked into having sex because you know that's how Bond has to do. Is like I'm going to load the deck, and these are all going to be the cards that I need to do to get in, get you in bed. He does it, and then she loses her powers, and you're like, oh, so the one thing that this woman of all things she's basically being used to for her psychic powers right she finally gets the onus like i want to i want to do this and she loses the script like you know what cool now you're worthless to everyone <laughs> like after you lose your virginity that is an ugly thing to say in this in, in this movie
0: yeah for a character whose <laughs> yeah, entire agency is really like, bad I sleep with everybody and then be like now nah, that i've done it so like, what the fuck that's worse than like most sean connery moments you're like oh my god roger moore you just came out as the suave man with no suits who's just deeply manipulative and you should be the villain <laughs> you're, the, you're really the bad guy of this movie well All this guy wants to do is sell his heroin
2: <laughs> and what you have to keep in mind about it right is this the thing about Roger Moore, and it's the reason why actually I do like Roger Moore, even though he has some of the most fucked up movies Lockiest, that are. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but he, I actually like him a lot. Is he feels like, especially after Sean Connery, who kind of is just like he's like he's more of a soldier, like in a way he's kind of stupid. Sean Connery, he's supposed to be like smooth, but he's kind of a dummy. Like a brute force,
1: yeah. Move. Like it's like uh, point you at this direction type of thing. Yeah.
2: Roger Moore's smart. Like spies are supposed to do like espionage, and they're supposed to be clever. And this movie it's one of those things like you You have to try and picture yourself in the era in which this came out. And the world was a much bigger place. You know, people think about how many people had never met like someone from another country. Mm-hmm. Right. Even like, especially as like an American, like imagine like how many people, so most Americans never leave the country because it's so big. Like imagine how many back then it's like, there's no internet TV right. is still it, it is in its infancy. Right. Um, so the idea of like, exoticism which is what this is like it's it's treating it like otherworldly like Mm -hmm. other people's cultures as opposed to just like you know most cultures are pretty similar in many ways they just have a different way of displaying like emotions That's that's sort of like where like where most cultural boundaries fall other than like what, what are considered like mores but um back then it was like oh this this these people are different they're and not new, even it's
1: new and different yeah
2: and yeah. and people believe like people really believe in magic and superstition not like like right. maybe they have a belief in it like they're like this oh like their, it's scary correct like like they are like they're they're like demons like yeah so james bond is a cynic right so that's why he does this because he's showing that he's smarter than her and that he can outsmart her and because she's an idiot and she's, she believes in these things, then she's going to believe that this is what happened. She has to follow through with it. So like that, that in a way makes it even more sinister, right? Because we're kind of, um, it, it's, it's difficult because on the one hand to actually believe some of these things is sort of insane. But on the other hand, it's, there's nothing wrong with it. They're taking advantage of a person in that way. <laughs> so many people, when they watched that at the time, were like, look how clever and smart he is. <laughs> right? <laughs> like that was the takeaway
1: from that move yeah it's like oh he outsmarted her and i'm like yeah but
0: ugh. i guess but that doesn't always mean you're a good person right, right. exactly
2: like, exactly
0: it's that, it's that very weird thing of like oh he did he was very clever and it's like but <laughs> but to do something bad <laughs> like, most most bad people are the emperor was clever in star wars he was still evil yep. yeah. but
2: hey look uh, you know in our culture, especially the farther you go back, like possession is everything, winning is everything. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. As long as There's you no the such thing as right or wrong end. if you're as a winner. You have
1: the flag at the end, then you are the winner, and that's that's pretty much what matters in the, in the, yep. in the eyes of history. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when it is the you know the smaller group that you're beating we're like well we just beat these people who believe in something crazy and it's like oh this is this is a bad thing i don't even know who the villains are in this movie anymore because you're like yeah you're tricking your ally to do something but they're not your ally but then they have to become but then they're useless to you
2: but the movie's unsure about what's real as well like it it lies to the audience sometimes about like Okay, is her power real or not? Like, what is Baron Samedi like? Like some some demon? Is he alive? Like,
1: it keeps playing back and forth, and it does so many switches that you're like, I no longer know who the 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 villain is or who I'm supposed to be. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. And the fact that this is a Bond film—that's what you tell me when I'm going in. I don't know what's happening right now,
0: which is such another weird part of it because Bond has never really that I can remember it got in supernatural again. Like we go to space Correct. and we do some Correct. other things, but this is as close to the world of James Bond becoming mystical. Right. And it, it would be such a weird, like that's almost what the movie would ha- would do now. It would be like James Bond, but ghosts <laughs> yeah. and we'd have to build <laughs> yeah. this weird, like <laughs> he's in agents of shield now and he knows about all these things. Like it would, that's the direction we'd have to take it because it would be so odd now you just couldn't you wouldn't i don't know if you no. couldn't but you wouldn't mm. make a movie anymore especially a giant tentpole franchise like james bond and be like make fun of people and their religions
2: yeah i mean like, we were right. especially in like all of the new orleans centered scenes we were so close to there being a straight up like set of voodoo dolls where someone is bending James Bond's leg and his leg is moving like as the doll is being like, we were a step away from Ooh, that occurring in this movie. Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sure that it's in the script. I'm sure that it was just cut out. I'm sure that's where somebody was like, I don't All think right we guys. can come back from this guy. <laughs> this, this is the eighth one of these. We want to make these well into 2022.
2: <laughs> one of my favorite things in the movie is the opening because there's two things that are actually really funny about this. Number one, I think this is where they came up with Havana syndrome, right? All these like Caribbean relate, like this whole Havana syndrome thing and the guys at the UN and they're playing this like sonic weapon through his head and he falls over at the UN meeting, dies. Like that's got some real Havana syndrome (laughs) energy. And then the other thing is the scene where they're at the funeral procession. All of these people. So uh, this is where I'm like, oh, the exoticism and the othering. This is like, they, it, you know, this these people, they're being treated like it's literally another planet. Mm-hmm. Everyone is there celebrating this massive procession. Um, and they pull off this move with this coffin that's like open on the bottom. And the guy's like, it's your funeral. Just stabs him. And the funeral procession just picks him up. And they all start dancing, <laughs> dancing and celebrating.
1: Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's such a bizarre, it's one of those ones where like, it's, it's, uh, especially imagine at this time, it was probably jarring for some people like, oh, cool, they're going to be black people in Bond, we're going to have, we're going to get represented, and then you see the movie, you're like, oh, 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 no, that is not, that is not at all what I (laughs) I needed this to be.
2: (laughs) Yeah. The funerals that they do in New Orleans, like these, these like marching funerals, which they also do the same thing for weddings. That is cool, but the way that they exploited it, not cool. I I actually have like a cousin who got married in New Orleans, and like their family was from there, so I went, and they did after like they got married, they did the like whole marching band procession where we walked down like the streets of New Orleans stuff, which was very cool but for them to take that really kind of like awesome thing mm-hmm. and then turn it into this really twisted,
1: well, terrible I, version of what it is. And I think that's sort of the issue with this film as a whole and why I just like you're jarringly putting culture themes and a type of film into a bond franchise, which none of those things go yep. together. Like, yep. It just doesn't mix. Not yeah, even a cause... little bit.
0: <laughs> yeah. It, it's so odd because it's not even directed like a black exploitation no. movie. Like there's, No shots or pacing. It never really gets like bombastic and big in that kind of like fun way that those movies did. And so it just feels so, like one notes the wrong word, but like obtuse in its Mm -hmm. direction. Because you can tell where they wanted to be like, oh, this is going to feel like this kind of movie. But I have never made that. So I'm just going (laughs) to point the camera at these magic people and hopefully it works
2: yeah Yeah. and you know you know who they're creating this movie for because this is like not that far after the black panthers emerged right and so you're shown three specifically distinct like black owned and run areas of the world like they give you one in the caribbean they give you new orleans they give you new york city and in each one of those like how scary is this it's organized black people and they have money and guns and there's no white people to help you and each Mm -hmm. one of those scenes like they make sure like bond or felix are the like only white people visible there generally speaking like outside of like you know once they get into the chase with pepper like they get they get they get out of you know bounds they go back into the white people world like they're (laughs) very they're very and it's they're basically you know this is this was like the civil rights movement era so it's they're very much playing on that note of like white people are scared of this. Mm -hmm. Let's make them the villain. Right.
0: And it's, it's weird that they chose that route because I feel like they could have either made James Bond learn something and grow as a character in this movie. They could have tried to educate the audience and instead they are just sort of like, isn't it scary now? Isn't this terrifying? And it's like, what, why did we make like a, propaganda movie with all james bond movies
2: are a little bit like propaganda movies i mean right there it's all white savior movies it's all like you know god save the queen Mm where we're the best here in the uk and our alliance with america but they do have their very much their you know hashtag not all black people moment with quarrel like that's what that is they're like hey there's some good ones it's like that's what they're saying yeah
1: (laughs) Uh, Uh, (laughs) this one also has the first the first black bond uh blonde Bond girl yes and and gloria hendry playing rosie carver but then then it they they completely oh jack that
2: oh yeah Yeah. (laughs) yes you can't you can't overlook that yeah it's it's bad (laughs) It's, it's a um the women of james bond are often looked at as like victims, which they, they very much get sexual assault harassment. with. So they are, you know, they become victims, but they're often actually have a lot of uh, autonomy and they're often the one character that usually like puts Bond's life actually in danger when they're bad. Right. They, they did her dirty. They made her the first dumb woman Mm -hmm. that was a Bond girl in all of Bond. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Like, not only is she going to be a traitor and get murdered, like, viciously, but we're going to make her stupid. We're going to do something we've done with no other Bond agents that are, like, traitors or bad, which is, like, we get it. It's a trope. Don't trust any of the Bond women because they're, you know, they're using their sexuality against him because he's an idiot. We know that. Right. But we're going to make her dumb? (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a really bad look, especially even, like, just the scene right after where they sleep together and he just pulls out the gun mm-hmm. and then she sees the like the voodoo stuff in the woods and he's like, pick which one it's going to be. And I'm like, this is <laughs> so uncomfortable and uh, and not right at all. And it goes back to Roger Moore being this like, oh, he's supposed to be clever, but it's just manipulative and like kind of gaslighting. Of oh, yeah. Him. Oh, yeah. Just be like, well, you see where we are. And you see what i've done i could kill you or we could see <laughs> if the scary things do and it's like what is it going on
2: well and it's being made for a white male audience where it's like james bond has control over women and over black people and in this scene he gets to do both Whoa. at the same time
0: yeah yeah it is uh, it's such a weird movie because i don't even know how you would approach it because like,
2: You can't. That's why we're talking about it. You can't, you can't, can't do this movie.
0: (laughs) And it's interesting (laughs) now because I, I, the new, whenever a new Bond movie comes out, you inevitably catch new fans and a new generation Mm -hmm. and it changes so much. We talked about like, well, Connery was this soldier, but he was a little dumb. And then you get Roger Moore's weird stories and Timothy Dalton's you know underlooked but really brutish drug, yeah. awesome 90 drug movies and then brosnan's gadgets and gizmos mm-hmm. and are getting like hyper fast and some of those and then daniel craig's like jason bourne-esque spy thrillers how would you take somebody who just saw like casino royale through specter and be like <laughs> do you want to watch live and let die <laughs> i don't even know the context you would put around it other than being like we had this new guy come in, and but boy, did they mess up! Isn't it weird that it survived its eighth movie?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a franchise that you almost have to like when you watch it. People join join in, and people ask you like, "Hey, what movie should I go? Like, what other one should I watch?" You have to be really careful mm-hmm. with what you what you give them because you can completely turn or lose people, and they'll start judging you if you start giving them stuff. You're like, "Wait, wait a minute! You like this one?" Uh... <laughs> 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 and
0: i think that's where whenever people are like rank the james bond movies a part of me always feels that there's maybe six that are kind of worth seeing and then the rest are just sort of only worth it for the historical like oh well like, this is what it was and of that time and what was going because you can sometimes pinpoint it to what was going on in film so you definitely. can't sort of look at this and go oh black exploitation was big mm-hmm. and there was a lot of like Weird growing pains of like white filmmakers trying to like get in on that trend, which is also weird and gross and dumb. Yeah. And as a result of it, you got a lot of missteps. And every time we sort of tried to come back around, because Roger Moore does have good ones. I like yes. the the Spy Who Loved Me is very good. It's yep. like whenever whenever the franchise refines its footing, it's great. But for some reason, in this Roger Moore era, we kept being like, "Ooh, sci-fi is big now. We have yeah. to do black exploitation. We have to do." And it was, they were like,
1: chasing, partially, they, they weren't as popular. Those. Yeah, so they were yeah. trying, They had lost yeah. the, sort of the people sort of got tired, if you will, of the franchise. So they were trying to like reinvent themselves and like chase what was big. And in doing so, they lost who they were. Uh, became these weird like half breeds of like I'm going to be partially black exploitation, partially this, partially sci-fi, and never really. Bond except for I think Spy that's a fantastic clip.
2: I mean it's the proto franchise there really wasn't the you know what else what else was doing this what else was like other than like like really crappy B movies that people today don't remember that might have had a ton of sequels like nothing else was doing it that was successful that people still cared about now like decades and decades later right, right. so I think also just moving off onto Roger Moore itself hurt them so much because they're like well James Bond is done. Mm-hmm right like why yeah. are you making James Bond with this other guy it wasn't until they like right. did it again that people were like oh okay cool we're just gonna keep James Bond going all right and like they accepted that but people were like very kind of standoffish to the idea of it and like all of the numbers show it but then mm-hmm. again some of these movies some of these movies That's- really show it <laughs> I mean,
1: I
0: even like the Connery ones get a little tough sometimes. Like, There's, there's a lot of, this whole character could fit into this podcast because there's so many like, mm-hmm. well, he can't, you can't yeah. do that anymore, yeah. James. You can't do
2: that and you in, can't do that. And- in a way, though, because I, I will say that was my impression of it, like in my head. But then when I did rewatch all of them, it's like the farther you go back in many ways, the, like Roger Moore, as bad as like he is in this movie, the movie is the bigger problem than he is. For- right. Whereas you go back even farther, James Bond is more of a problem in the in far yeah
1: ones, It becomes more of the bonds the issue. Like a lot of the things that he does and says is just like, oh, that's that's a no. Connery is like yeah. my least favorite bond. I gotta be honest really? with you. After rewatching them, he
2: he's the only person it's like uh like for me, it it's it probably goes like Craig and like uh Dalton and Brosnan. I'm almost have tied, and then Roger Moore and then Connery, and then, you know, we don't, yeah, I don't really like to count him, although his movie, I would say, he's got a great movie, his movie is
1: fantastic, he's
2: a great movie, but he's, he is not a good shape spot, no, no. but
1: that movie is really, really well done, yes, that's a,
2: yes, which, I mean, you said the spy who loved me, like, that movie, and the spy who loved me are essentially, like, what No Time to Die is, like, Mm -hmm. they have a lot, like, they took the best ideas of those things, and kind of, yeah, 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 so,
1: um i i think it's funny because the daniel craig ones as as the generation has sort of gone along they, those films sort of lose a lot of the issues like the the, yeah. the women become more onus and more in in these films which is which is great That's as they should but then if you watch these and then you start having people go back to watch the other ones you're like wait especially women this is a mm-hmm. franchise that is not very kind to him like i would watch this with my wife and she's like oh oh yeah there's there's a lot this this movie these are some problem problem areas and we're like oh yeah like that's we we mentioned it before we got on like the connery one that's that's definitely right like there are moments in there you're like oh this is not aged well at all yeah
0: yeah It's, it's why whenever people talk about it now and they're like what do you mean the connery ones aren't your favorite i'm like have you watched them right with any semblance of like what it's doing to the people around him? Like, yeah. have you, if you, if you met this guy at a bar, you would avoid him. Like,
1: or, call the, or call the police and be like, hey. <laughs> or <laughs> both. Probably this both. Woman.
2: <laughs> yeah. Like, there's um. So... There's a couple things about this movie, and so I, I did mention Austin Powers before, but I actually think, like, to answer the, like the question of like why can't you make this movie anymore, I really think that. Let's say you just took the 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 most basic concept of this movie or like, okay, it's it, it, we're gonna just do what we would do to like basically any culture, like whether it's it's gonna be like we're gonna make a black gang or it's like an Italian mafia or like a mafia or like an Irish gang or like this like Russian secret like spy or like you know we're gonna pick one culture, which they always do. So it's like, okay, fine. like we'll write that off, I guess. But the movie is so ridiculous that it would just be Austin Powers. And that, like, is the other thing. Like, if you remove the sexism, if you remove the racism and just culture impropriety is, like, really kind of the way to look at this, you still just have Austin Powers. Because there is a scene where the man gets the final villain of the movie and sticks a little, like, gas canister pod in his mouth. And the man... Floats into the air while expanding and explodes when he hits the ceiling, like that's like supposed to be like one of the final most climactic moments of the movie. There's a moment where James Bond runs across like six alligators. He becomes like, Crocodile Dundee. Yeah, eating, he's playing. He's playing Pitfall. <laughs> like I don't. I think you have the Hook guy and one of my favorite side villains of all time whisper who's trying like before before the villain like like is about to be a mortal danger james bond's getting free the only one that notices is whisper he's like wow <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so absurd that I mean, the only thing that like tops the the craziness of this movie probably is Moonraker when they're like in space with this man named Jaws with a giant metal face, like who
0: falls out of space <laughs> and then meets a woman when he lands. I was like, oh, this is how I'm going to spend the rest of my life. Like the mo- oh that that movie <laughs> that is a bad movie, but this oh, is yeah. like a this is an atro this is an atrocity. <laughs> like, moonraker at least i'm like well it's just not good
2: yeah but it's not offending anybody yeah this i love i love those like i i don't they're not like if if you're like what are actually the best movies that wouldn't make it at the top but i think moonraker is really fun to watch because it's so crazy
0: people love moonraker i can't i can i can barely bear it (laughs) (laughs) i have to be in the right place at the right time to really do that one but yeah it's another one and ah, man it is just so crazy because this movie, when it came out, was well received. <laughs> like it had good reviews. Well, and it old just, it's Old movies
2: are not good. Well, you are. You I'm sorry like, that they're not. You also have to think what about. What year
0: did we start making good movies? <laughs> <laughs> not
2: long after this, but like, but it's just like
1: there's. The audience of that time yeah. was very much the audience that would eat this up. It was those mm-hmm. very white people. Uh, mm-hmm. Like oh cool this is this is fun and stupid white people stupid white people and they feel like oh look I'm 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 I'm. I'm being good, or I'm I'm uh, I'm in, enriching my life because I'm seeing this film with these these people who don't look like me, and I and I appreciate this movie. Like they think they're doing something better. Yeah, it's this, a bunch
2: of J W. Peppers in the audience. That's de- <laughs> exactly. This is
1: definitely one of those ones. You know how sometimes we get these films, uh, and this happens a lot. And I always say you don't always have to like every black film, but like when black films come out today, and these and the white reviewers will be like, "Oh, this was the best film of uh, like this was an amazing like that movie is trash." You can go ahead and say that that movie is trash. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> That's yeah, what was they, happening with this. It's like they were like, oh, they they got black a, people in Bond. This is
0: point." Great. <laughs> I didn't think about that. A lot of these good reviews are just white people being like, "Well, this is you know, we did, we put the, we gave the black people a Bond movie. We should really <laughs> pat ourselves on the back." Uh, I that. did. I
2: did see a, a voodoo shop one time on Burton <laughs> Street. I I feel like I connect with this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is just because now, like every retrospective review of it is just like, what in God's <laughs> green earth? Were they, were they, I don't think you can find one positive, one listicle, one blog. anybody who's like, let's rank the Bond movies. This one doesn't even break the top like twenty four. How did we like, get <laughs> here?
3: Yeah,
2: unless you it's go almost, to like an old man blog, right? <laughs> because there was one. God, I wish I could remember what it was, but there was one recently and it was like writing all the bonds and I look at it and it's basically like all of the newer bonds are towards the bottom of the list. All the older bonds at the top I'm of the list. And I'm, it, like, yeah. I'm like, oh, okay. Someone older than 50 wrote this. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Was this written by a
0: Bond movie? From <laughs> yeah, the <time>? like... <laughs> did we give an AI bot only old Bond Which movies? Broccoli
2: did this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, right. Like, what, what is going <laughs> on? Uh, so yeah, it's, um, in no way could you give this to a modern moviegoer. I don't no. think No. there's, there's really, you know, sometimes you talk about like, well, like what else could you do? Are there other movies that are similar that have more important? Is this worth exploring? And like, well, this is part of a, a giant franchise that has both influenced film and been influenced by film. And I think the only real reason to look at this, like even when I put it on, I took it out of my old Blu-ray set. I was like, I don't think I ever took this disc out. And I bought this, like Spectre hadn't even come out yet. This was like way, this was whatever anniversary, 50 years, I think. I don't remember, but I was like, oh, this isn't even, was never even worth my time. When I binged through it, I skipped right by it. There's no have, need the to just box. watch them fail.
1: Oh, nice. I have the entire box set and like how each each of the discs have like artwork on them. And like I said, I had never seen this. So I pulled this out and I look as, like, oh, something's very different.
3: Like
1: before I was like, <laughs> this is, this is going to be a ride before I start to worry about this with it,
0: And it's such a shame because like this song is like so good. Oh,
2: it's so great. <laughs> it's- well, it's you could great. never make this again because half the Beatles are dead. Yeah. So right. that's another reason so. yeah
0: yeah you can never this this we must have been bamboozled by that song it must like have every, been every reviewer was like this song oh <laughs>
2: god this is it's, worth <laughs> it, it weirdly doesn't even get counted as a bond song and in some ways i don't feel like it should be but it is a bond song yeah so like when song- you rank bond songs just basically say like all right this is the top 10 Bond songs other than Live and Let Die. Right. It's like how that list because This gets
1: treated as like the actual, like, this is a song off of the wings. Right. Like, that's theirs. like No one loads up right. any
2: other Bond song <laughs> right. on a playlist. No, so, unless they're
0: just purposefully listening to them. But I've never, like, walked to my 7-Eleven and been like, ooh, I gotta put on Goldeneye. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but- Gotta have Madonna sing Die Another Day to me while I, jog. I That's you know, on the
2: top 10, I'll be honest I mean, with you. I mean, I love that one. That that's on was... the top 10. Yeah. People Everything, hate it, but it's on the top oh, 10. It's so
0: good. Even that intro is good when mm-hmm. he's in the prison and he's mm-hmm. coming up. Oh, man, you, were, you thought that movie was going to be great and you were wrong. <laughs> 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 that is what these Bond movies, man, a good song opening. You're usually like, no, no. Am no. I about to be tricked?
2: Yeah. Or uh, is this going to be? <laughs> a lot of these older movies with Bond... And there's actually, I think, an element of the Roger Moore like fantastical stuff that I think is great because it then created really what like a lot of spy things are based on and like super villains are based on. Um, But so much of it has like, oh, there's a handful of ideas here that are good. The rest of this does need to go in the bin. But this is like the James Bond movie where I'm like, there is nothing of value. No. There's, no. there's nothing of value on this one. This one can go in the bin. You can set it on fire. Yeah.
0: It's so rare that we like have movies on the show where we're not like, well, you know, you gotta like you can learn something from it. And this is one where I'm like, keep it in the box set. It's there if you want to watch it. If you really want to know the lowest point of the yeah. franchise, I guess. But <laughs> if like, you're a complete
2: fine.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the only reason. You know.
2: I don't know it's who like, wrote this, but I can guess and i feel confident saying that he was a fascist just because they make <laughs> the worst art fascists make the worst art and, there's, and and there's often no art in it like nfts are fascists they're made by fascists this is like the nft of james bond movies this is the worst <laughs> thing i've like it's so it was, bad
0: uh, tom mankowitz and um, he Yeah. um yeah he well what else did he do
2: He's script oh, doctored a
0: lot of stuff let's see here
2: like, what do we got script doctor you? or witch doctor because he likes those
0: <laughs> he wrote the screenplay for mother jugs and speed a dark comedy <laughs> <about> <laughs> ambulance driver starring bill cosby
1: oh. he, what oh, he wrote on superman yeah uh, he
0: then made he then helped superman
1: that's wild that is a wild turn that he's done.
2: What happened to this man during this period? <laughs> he was he going some this dark- movie?
1: You know what happened? He dated a black woman, and she she scorned oh. him, and he's he's like, "I'm going to let her have it." Yeah, like,
0: he been kept busy <laughs> fixing films, writing scenes through Spielberg, Gremlins. The Goonies, yeah, she lived. War she lived games, in New Orleans, and he wrote the first draft of Batman.
2: What? Wow! All right, I take it back. Maybe he's not fascist. He's he was just a hurt racist. He was a hurt racist. I think, hurt, I think. I think, racist. Racist.
0: I think this movie is a, is a is an amalgamation of a lot of people who are just kind of dumb and they didn't yeah. know where to go with yeah. this franchise. This is yeah. like this is, and I know we sent James Bond to space, but whenever we're like, oh man, James Bond, we're gonna send Scream to space next, we should really be saying things about this. Going to space should no longer be the low bar. It should be no. like we're going to make a black exploitation movie with Michael Myers.
1: Yeah, that's what we should be saying I mean, instead. Leprechaun did go to the hood twice. Twice. <laughs> 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 yes,
0: yeah, the those are beloved. Le- <laughs> I don't.
2: I don't want to get some of these. Just I. The notes I wrote were just reactions to things that I was like. I got to make sure these come up on the podcast. Oh, so, I
0: bring them in. I mean, we're, um, we're,
2: <laughs> I mean, first of all. Can we just for a moment talk about just some of the, the visuals of of the uh, witch doctor rituals, which happened at the opening and then later? Because I think my favorite isn't the goat head or Baron Samedi, but the man who crab walked and then swung his oh. abdomen like he was like a, like, that, like, like a, yeah, sp- yeah. <laughs> like he's one of those like Einstein, like, like those Newton balls that just like clack back and forth. You know-
0: those are the moments where I was like, yeah, somebody on this set really thought they were doing something innovative. <laughs> they really were like, this is going to be the nightmare alley of bond movies. We're going to get some <laughs> circus stuff. It's going to be so cool. We've never seen it before. We've never done it. And it's like, just cause you've never done it. doesn't, doesn't mean it it's great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, and then the man with the, <laughs> So, so the claw arm, which I, I always like when like one of the secondary villains ends up being like the final fight because it should be over. But then, of course, Bond has to fight this guy at the end. The movie ends on a pun. Like you said, oh, simply disarming the man. And I'm like, OK, great. We're going to end with Bond. Sleep. He's going to go sleep with the woman. He has a pun. OK, I got it. Cool. Classic Bond ending. But then we pull out to the back of the train and Baron Smith alive sitting at the back of the train laughing. Yeah. Isn't that
0: how they did in, man, I'm going to get this wrong. It's been so long. In the GoldenEye video game, (laughs) there's like one bonus level with Baron Samedi. And it ends with like that same horror beat where it's like you kill him, I think with the golden gun, like it doesn't make sense where, where you are.
2: They, yeah, there's the end, there's like extra levels on the harder one that ha- that pulls stuff from other movies because they put like Jaws in the Temple and stuff right. like that. Yeah. yeah, I was
0: like, I vaguely remember an ending. Yeah, in it's like K, a Bond multiverse. And then he's like laughing at the end, and you're like, what is
2: this? <laughs> yeah, I I completely forgot about that. Um, I can't picture that, but. The rest of those elements sound accurate to me, so it probably is true. It makes me want to go back down and see that myself.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm like. I'm not trying to find it because I'm pre- yeah, he only appears at the Egyptian bonus mission and he can be used in multiplayer. Yep. But yeah, I like vaguely remember the end of the, the whatever they call it the Egyptian bonus mission, I guess is the name. And you like win and get out, and it's like you've shot him with the golden gun and you've escaped, and then they do this super weird like Majora's mask scary ending where he's just like (laughs) (laughs) and you're like what is going on like we can never handle this character well even in polygonal N64 (laughs) he can't just be a bad guy he has to always have this weird like post credit scene where he's like no I'm alive he should have shown up and been the architect of Bond's pain for Daniel Craig instead of Blowfeld at
2: the
0: end. <laughs> I would have well, bought that. He could have tied all the franchise together.
2: the The interesting thing about that too, with that game, is the other thing that that game really fucks up is um. So job is super short, but this the uh, little person character in James Bond is from his next movie, Man with the Golden Gun, which is actually like really good. And Absolutely. other than other than this character, Nicknack, who is who is a little person other than him, that movie is like one of the the best old James Bond oh, movies.
3: Yeah.
2: But the actor that played Knickknack, like his representation, would not allow his appearance in the video game. I guess they didn't want to pay for the rights. So they just used the face and name of Oddjob who is not short and put it on knick body that they had made for the character, oh, wow. which is why everyone plays. So if you watch the movie, that odd job is in, you're like, wait, he's not short. Like, why is he like half the height of everyone else? It's because that like, game it's supposed to be knick-knack. And they were like, Oh, well, they're both, you know, vaguely Asian. Yeah, they're not right. like from Asian-esque. similar countries at all, yeah. but it's let's fine. just slap his face it's on so there. Normal. It'll be no problem. <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's what it is. I just looked it up. At the end, you fight Baron somebody four times on that level. And at the end, when you're walking out, he's laughing over your shoulder.
2: Oh, my God. I guess because <laughs> I had never seen this back then. I had no context to what that was that I don't even remember it. Oh, oh yeah. it's like, it
0: just unlocked like neurons I haven't used in years. I was like, <laughs> oh, there is a weird like horror level at the end of Eye yeah. that we just for some odd reason were like, you know what we need?
2: Since you both had just, like you, had, Terrence, you just saw this like last year for the mm-hmm. first time and you just recently saw this, Blake. So what, what did you think when it looked like Baron Sabetti's head got blown off, but then his eyes moved to it and he collapsed?
0: <laughs> that was because well, the first time I watched the movie was years ago when me and my friend were like, we got to watch every single James Bond movie. The Daniel Craig ones are here. Let's do it. And I remember that scene so well because we had done like two or three in a day. And he just looked at me at that scene and was like, yeah, I'm going to go home by <laughs> that that was it it was like that was it for but i had to be like no man with the golden gun is good and it's next we gotta like tomorrow i get it man recharge your batteries i had but i this... was
1: going i was going through and watching that with a friend blake and i have steve when i was texting back and forth with him because he he knew i was watching them in order he's like, oh you're, you're, you're in for some treats you're gonna love this you're gonna love this and i told him like i popped him and i popped in uh this he's like oh, okay uh, <laughs> about two hours Give me a. I'm. We're going to see where you're at. I texted when that happened. I was like, "What the fuck is going on?" <laughs> yeah. You'll enjoy yeah, the one. <laughs> yeah, it. one.
0: Yeah, it's it's such a tonal departure from every other Bond movie. Like we just we never mm-hmm. even, and we rightfully so, we never even attempt to do anything like they go this right again. back to normal. There's,
1: right. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there is one other movie where something happens. I can't remember what it is. But there is one other movie where they do some weird black exploitation. Um, I- I'm gonna try and rock my brain on it. But like there's some. Are you openings. thinking of Austin
0: Powers 3 with, <laughs> <Beyonce>. with
2: Beyonce? <laughs>
0: Again, a comedy that handles its black women characters better than Bond.
2: Yeah, this yeah. man, they're really there's nothing in this movie to, to salvage
0: no there's not one redeemable moment like it's, frank, even, it's the frank, dumbest it's way
2: uh, bond's ever been too like as far as roger moore's bond because in the rest of his movies they really show him as a smart bond and that's the one thing like for the next james bond i want to get back to like the idea that he's one of the things that makes him so much better than all the other spies is how smart he is like there's mo- there's parts where he's like speaks in other languages mm-hmm. there's parts where like he has to play characters which is something like they forget to do with james bond in the more modern eras it's like oh he's undercover he's got a fake name he's got a fake job and because he's so smart he's read up everything about what his job is supposed to be so he can have like high level conversations about it and no one would be able to tell and like that's a part of his like espionage in this one he's just bumbling about like yeah. he doesn't stick out like a sore thumb in every fucking room is walking around it
0: <laughs> which almost feels like it's part of they're like, oh, we're going to do this, like, fish out of water. He's in yeah, this it's an world. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> well, we no, this doesn't work for Bond. He should be at least moderately intelligent mm-hmm. when he's walking around mm-hmm. in these areas.
1: It's a stark difference because the, the, the next one for him is The Man with Golden Guns. It's like he and Christopher Lee are going like tit for tat. Like, that's oh. brain for brain. And it's like, oh, this it is It feels really like well those done. two movies, movies were made at so the good.
0: same time. And someone was like, we're going to release them a year apart. And whichever one does better will be the future of Bond. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're they're, A/B testing. (laughs) Yeah, like they're they're closer in release, I think. Yeah, because Diamonds "Diamonds Are Forever was two years ago, and then Honor, Majesties was sixty nine. So they're always at least two or three years apart, except for these two. So part of me is like, they didn't know how to reboot this franchise, and they were like, what if we made one good. And we made one that was so that shit insane. <laughs> <laughs> and then, man, with the golden one was better. They were like, okay, fine, double down, spy who loved me. And then that same producer was like, but can I make Moonraker? <laughs> it almost feels like
2: someone on the production, they're too far into this movie, too much money has been sunk. And they were like, this has to come out, but we have to fix this and so they started making the they were like we need the best team or spend as much money as you need because right. we need a better james bond movie out within 12 months of this <laughs> releasing yeah, like actually. like this is on the cutting room and they're like this comes out in a year we Did need a Roger better one in, in two years
0: now. yeah <laughs> we need to run the trailer for the spy who loved me in front of this movie. Yeah. <laughs> because, like this, this is this is how they make marvel movies now yeah. where they're just like okay we're gonna do it one after the other yeah. they won't even notice the bad one it's fine <laughs> like like now when marvel makes a bad movie we're all just like it's fine the next one's around the corner who cares because yeah.
1: they're they're both <laughs> yeah. both golden gun and uh and live and let die are directed by guy hamilton so he literally was oh, like guy gonna, hamilton was running
0: game. the gambit for a yeah. while he he was bond for a minute so I'm like yeah. he. I don't think he's the problem because for every time no. he doesn't get it right, he gets it. Or every time he gets it wrong, he gets it so so right. Correct. Yeah. So clearly there were just a lot of hands in that pot, and all yeah. of those hands should not have been anywhere near <laughs> the pot. Like it is just woof. I mean, and it's really funny when you look at the rest of Roger Moore's catalog because he does bounce from like the Man with the Golden Gun and the Spy Who Loved Me, two of the probably best Bond movies. Yeah, and then Moonraker and Octopussy, like he just keeps bouncing into these a view to a kill. You know what?
2: <laughs> Don't let's not let's not get like Octopussy also has it's like some Asian exploitation in it, but also adds some of the best stuff in Bond. But it has the worst name. But it has some of the coolest like the fact that like there's this like league of women who are like super they, they basically like took the idea of like amazonians and made like yeah. an amazonian like they're like in the underworld like spies like that was actually super cool and there's like yeah. guy who has like the the whip weapon that like spins with the blades on it like that that was but the name is so bad oh yeah
0: <laughs> it's another hard one if someone's like i just watched casino royale should i watch you the others and you're like oh there's <laughs> <laughs>
1: like damn
0: it there was one release in 1983
2: <laughs> i almost feel like that was like the guy that you know there's someone involved with the ideas on these movies who maybe maybe he was a part of this movie and they were like listen you're getting less control over these after this last one but he's still in the room and they said no to him on everything and we're like look we have to give him a win we were yeah, we got to give him to. so the new the it's movie's the title, gonna be called harmless. octopus <laughs> right.
0: look all of his ideas for the movie won't be in it but we're going to give him the title. Yeah.
2: yeah.
0: Last time we did it the opposite. Live and Let Die, great title. But we let him run the whole production. Look,
2: it's the Broccoli's <laughs> nephew. I cannot say no. Like, we have yeah. to give him this.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, absolutely insane.
2: Um, the, the only other thing I wrote down on notes that we hadn't talked about was just uh, going, <laughs> going back to Rose. Um, when she first gets caught by James in the hotel room, which also, like, the whole thing that happens with Whisper coming in, but then nothing happens with him coming in. Like, he just delivers Bond his wine and, like, the champagne mm-hmm. and leaves. Yeah. So, so weird. But, uh, she walks into that room and sees the hat and just has this, like, blood curdling scream and it's like, we have to leave! Like, we can't do this! And it's just breaking down. They couldn't have made a more, like, hysterical woman <laughs> trope in a James <laughs> Bond movie. And they, of course, did it in this one. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was a very weird, weird beat. And I, it almost plays like she knows some, like there's another mystical element, but it really just reads like, oh, we're just making we're just doing more, we're just doubling just, down on these stereotypes. Right. And instead of it, like she she it doesn't feel like she's tuned in to what's happening, it's a response. And I feel like they were like, No, she's gonna react like this because she's Got a like a spider sense about yeah. it, and so, <laughs> and it's like, no, you've just made it bad. It just seems bad because no one in this movie is smart.
2: But someone thought this was like going to be their horsehead, like Godfather moment. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, they're like yeah, people is. are going to pull pranks on each other. They're going to get a cap and they're going to put a bloody feather in it, leave it in someone's room. <laughs> oh, Everyone's going to just... remember this iconic moment.
0: <laughs> oh, people remembered that moment, but I don't know if it's the
3: reason
2: why.
0: <laughs> unfortunately what a just awful movie but i think that's our show guys we're coming up on our hour mm. thank you so much for listening christian thank you so much for coming and bringing us this uh this delightful time to talk about this terrible My pleasure movie. bad movies make the best discussions
2: They do. oh yeah Oh, it's yeah. true,
0: because every now and then, when we talk about a good movie, we're just like, it was good. And then, like, Would well, you so want to make excuses show.
2: for it? <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: yeah, like,
2: right. <laughs> this one, we're like, this is trash. Oh, get rid of it.
0: <laughs> right. Um, so, of course, subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. If you're on YouTube, you can subscribe there as well. You can follow the show at Hollywood ADI, where you'll also see our other three shows, all part of Hollywood, already did it. The main podcast about reboots, remakes, and sequels. This one. About exactly what you're here doing, <laughs> and then when there's a Marvel show, the Marvel pair up where we take whatever the show is and the genre of movie that it's a part of, and we talk about the themes and why mm. we're pairing up those movies. I'm at as always Blake, Tans is at Tans Tatum, Christian. Where can the good people find you and your mini
2: works? Uh, I, my Twitter's Christian underscore Humes on Twitter's. You could just go to that. Um, I have other podcasts other than on Rank, but that's probably my main thing that I'm doing. I also have like a card game that i'm working on and making some other stuff so but yeah everything's on my twitter so that's the easiest way to go
0: great all right well we will see everybody next time
1: later